We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. All right. It's working, I think. I hope. Fingers crossed. Wouldn't that be a bitch? (laughs) Yeah, that we go through this whole thing and then it doesn't actually record. Every podcast I go through that, I think that the ones that I listen to anyway, I hear that every once in a while someone goes, you wouldn't believe what fucking happened. And it no. didn't record. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had that. We've been talking and the whole thing hasn't, it's like, okay, we have to, all those brilliant ideas we had before, we need to go back and redo those brilliant ideas. And they just don't sound as good the second time around. They don't sound near as brilliant. Oh, not as inspired. No, that's true. It's true. All right. So let's see. It is day 8,652 of the self-isolation. My daughter's over there nodding, going, yeah, I'm fucking done with this. Is it self-isolation or is it imposed isolation? I, I think it's, it's imposed been- now. I mean, when this whole thing began, it was self-isolation and now it's... Now, because of the idiots, it's being imposed. You know, I was trying to explain that to somebody the other day, the difference between what happens during isolation, like we are doing now, like social distancing and all of that, and and going out. And it's basically, this is a type of virus that we're all going to get it. But we're not, but right now what we don't want to do is all get it at the same fucking time. And that's what's happening right now is we're getting so many people who are, especially those who are already sick, like getting it all at the same time. And our, our system cannot keep up with it. No, it can't. We're not actually saying we're trying to keep you safe necessarily. It's like, we understand this is a virus. It's a very easily caught virus. We're probably all going to get it at some point and then become relatively immune to it or protected from it in some measure. And, but we just don't want everyone to get it at one time because we can't cope with it all at one time. Yeah. That's all we're asking. It's not about anything else. And I mean, for me with my elderlies, it's that I, if they get it, they will die. Yeah. Like period. So they can't go out. Like every time my mom gets sick, it goes straight to her lungs. My uncle already has COPD and is not doing well anyways, he will die. As soon as he gets it, he will die. And I I don't have the bandwidth for that at this point. I get that. And my mom has had pneumonia twice. So when I'm talking to her, I'm trying to explain. You are going out to Shoppers Drug Mart to get your milk, to get your things, to stop at the no frills, to get your groceries for the day. Every time you do that, you could be a spreader and now you're spreading it or you could be picking it up. Yeah. But if it gets to you and it triggers in you, you've had pneumonia. You're going down, bitch. You're going down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's not even that she says she doesn't care. She cares deeply, but it hasn't impacted. Even my sister getting sick has not impacted her, her behaviors. I know. That's crazy. And it's not like she's even sitting there saying, I, I don't care. She's saying, I do care. I'm like, but it's, 
I don't think, I think the connection couldn't have been made. Maybe that's it. Yeah, there's a disconnect. It has to be. Um, otherwise, yeah, otherwise it, it just, none of it makes sense. There has to be a disconnect. For some reason it hasn't gotten through or, or she truly believes she's like immune to it or like, yeah, weird, very weird. Yeah. I was driving, so my son, I probably mentioned, um, works at a restaurant, um, and he's been working every goddamn day because some people have or have put themselves into isolation and whatnot um, and haven't been working. And he's a little frustrated by it. He doesn't want to work every day, um, but he doesn't want to lose his job either. So I drove him to work today, and as we were driving by the big park, there was a woman, not not a yard worker, not a city of Toronto worker, pulled in, opened the gate, and was dry and was getting back in her car to drive through. Like so, the big huge gate that says this park is closed. You little tiny woman are pushing that open and driving your car in. Where does the stupidity end and common sense finally take over? Because this is telling you, you can't go there. Period. You can't go. And I don't care if it's, but it's just me and the park is really big and blah, blah, blah. Fuck off. Then walk through it like everyone else is doing. Walk through the path like everyone else is doing. You don't, yeah. you, the parking dropped off, chopped off for a reason. Exactly. And there was that dad in Oakville and, and saw him interviewed and got like that $800 ticket for, you know, hopping a gate and taking his kids into a park. Uh, and he says in the interview, well, where are we supposed to go? Nowhere. You're supposed to go nowhere. You're supposed to stay home and go nowhere. Did he hop a gate? I thought it was yeah, just like... Yeah, he hopped like three gates. Ah, so that's why he got busted it wasn't that he was went to the local parking lot and walked into the parking no lot. that was a different dad it was a different dad okay yeah yeah gate hopping will get you a ticket like but where are we supposed to go your fucking neighborhood walk your kids can rollerblade on the street play hockey in your driveway in your big ass oakville driveway where are we supposed to go? Fucking nowhere. If I can't go anywhere, you can't fucking go anywhere. I'm so over these people. <laughs> and that's your COVID corner. Exactly. All right. HP corner. I don't have anything to share because I'm, uh, oh, we should mention Suze isn't here. Um, I think she's taking an HP corner on her own to, uh, replenish. Yeah, replenish. That's just it. We're all being extremely drained. Um, but I don't have, I'm not doing HP Corner because I'm, I swear, if I don't have diabetes by the time this is all over, it won't be from a lack of drawing. But I think that is part of HP Corners. That's how things are impacting you right now. That's, that's what your health is looking like right now. These are the things that are bringing you comfort right now. And that's what you're doing for your health right now. Oh, yeah. You know? Those big giant bags of chips on my, on my fridge right now. And the snickerdoodles I'll be making later. What the fuck is a snickerdoodle? It's a cookie. I, it's just a cookie. I think it's got cinnamon in it. I don't know. I've never made them. I got, oh. I got that new 
cookbook. So the baking, the baker's Bible or something. So I'm going to make that today. My kids made a cake at 10 p.m. last night. So oh, wow. be having that for dessert tonight. Um, I'm, I am it lasted just, the night? Well, part of it lasted the night. Uh, but they had to have a taste, of course. Well, but, yeah. Yeah, that's what they did yesterday. I'm still moving. I'm not going. Yesterday, I went out for my first long walk that I've been on since the since last Sunday, I think. Um, I, other than that, I've just been out for like maybe 30 minutes, but uh, like dog walking and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. But again, right after I do it, as soon as I'm back, I I feel just a little bit lighter. I feel just a little bit better. Feel a little bit more replenished. It's just getting out the door and not being overwhelmed by all the other things that seem to need to get done. Yeah. Or the calling me from the closet. My life seems way more stressful now that I'm not doing anything than it did, you know, back in the day, a month and a half ago, eight months ago. I don't know. How long have we been here? <laughs> I am hoping that with the turn of the weather, because it's fucking cold right now. I am hoping yeah, turn in the weather, it will bring that little spark back that makes you want to walk out the door and get my shoes on and have it not be a thing. Not to mention that it is so cold, but it keeps fluctuating. So I don't know what the hell to put on when I'm going out. And that just seems like one more thing right now. I can't even decide what to wear. I've been wearing the same fucking clothes for a week. But um, yeah, that's my HP corner too. Sometimes I'm moving, sometimes I'm not. But I'm I'm never moving and eating way too much. <laughs> Fair enough. And I've had to I think I mentioned this last week, I've decided not to do any I'm doing my own grocery shopping, not having it delivered because fuck you. Like when I have when I put ice cream on the list, vanilla ice cream. You find the, if the one I asked for isn't there, you find the next vanilla ice cream. You don't find the vanilla lactose free or dairy free. What the, that's not ice cream. That's not what I need. No, I want full fat. I don't want 25%. I asked for rice crackers because um, I had some like cow cheese or whatever I was going to smear on them. And I got gluten-free what the hell else was it gluten-free unsalted rice crackers it's they're literally little pieces of cardboard cut into circles <laughs> fuck this is what happens when men are your instacart shoppers at seven o'clock at night I am telling you, I know this, I know this is sexism. I know. I know it's totally sexism. We're not the first person I've heard in this coming of age of this, of using Instacart, where so many families are saying, can I get, can I confirm a female shopper? Yes. I want a female shopper. I want a mom shopping for me. Yes. Or or something. but people are asking for it because they're saying that when they have their male shoppers, they're not getting what they ask for and they're, or they're getting strange um, substitutes. Yeah. Like it, ones that wouldn't make sense. No. Yeah. Like, I asked for a package of hot dogs and they didn't have it. So what I ended up getting, God, how many are in that package? Like 24, 30 hot dogs 
I asked for one package. We're going to be eating fucking hot dogs for a month. <laughs> Honestly. And then the thing was, too, he, the last guy was shopping so late. The store closes at 8, and he started the shop at, like, 7, I think. And he was shopping for somebody else at the same time. Um, and it's like he got to the end of the list and just said, nope, don't have, we, they don't have it. Because it was, by that time, it was 8 o'clock. But the things at the bottom of the list are the things I put on the list first. Yeah. And they're the things I really need, like milk, <laughs> eggs, <laughs> bread. The chips, which were at the top of the list, of his list, were at the bottom of the list of mine, where I was like, mm, yeah, let's get some chips, let's get some cheesies, let's do this. Yeah, that's the shit I got, and not the stuff I actually needed. Uh -huh. So screw it, I'm shopping for myself now. I did that yesterday. And sometimes you got to do that. Just you know, you take your one day a week. You get yourself all ready. You get you write out your errands, the direction you're going to take, and you go do it. That's and exactly again, what I did. Yeah, I think that's it's still responsible. You know, you're getting it. You're getting what you need, so you're not having to do multiple trips anyway because your Instacart wasn't accurate. That's right. Because the very next day, I had to go out and get milk. Yeah, that's what, you had to go out anyway. Yeah. So what was the point? And, and I think now too, like grocery stores are so, there's, everything is so well planned now. Everything is so well laid out that I don't feel unsafe. And I've been reading some stuff too about, you know, um, risk and, and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I mean, the chances I think of the way I've done it and you know wearing the gloves and the mask and all that stuff i think the risk of me getting it is so low at this point um, because i'm not leaving the house for any other thing except to drive my son to work so he doesn't have to take the bus um and and to look in on the elderlies i i think i'm okay with that i'm i'm okay with that risk level of risk yeah it makes sense it makes sense so, all right. Our COVID corner and health and HP corner got blended together there, but really they're all messed together right now because COVID does impact our health right now. Yeah, well, it does. And I mean, I think the mental health aspect of it, I mean, after doing this for, what are we at, like a month in all seriousness? Um, and I mean, when we started this, I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is perfect for me. I I love not having to leave the house and I still love that I love the responsibility of, of not having to leave the house um, but I think the the mental health side of things it's starting to and I, we were talking about this this morning just that what other people are putting on you they're like yeah. they're dumping their mental health stuff on you and it's that is starting to weigh very heavily. But I, in fact, I got up this morning and I was like, you know, like maybe, maybe I'm at a point where I need to, you know, talk to 
or like get a phone consult with my doctor about medication. And then I'm like, medication just never seems to work for me. I know I have to go out there (laughs) into the sun. (laughs) It's like it's February again, right? You always have that like everything sucks in February because you've been in the dark for so long. That's how I feel. So are you going to talk to your doctor about meds or? I kind of talked myself out of it because the meds, the meds I've done in the past were a stopgap, but in all seriousness, I don't think they made me feel better. Um, And maybe there's new ones and whatnot. I don't know, but I also don't have a drug plan. So I can't, I can't go with the new ones that are very expensive because I mean, the last ones we, the last ones I had, they were like $5 a day. Uh It was $5 a pill. And yeah, that's, that's what it worked out to. And I don't have, I don't have benefits. So there you go. I'm not, I, I don't. And and as I say, I don't think they benefit benefited me. I think what benefited me in the more recent past was sun, (laughs) music, movement. Um, I think drug the, I think the medication is good. I'm not saying that people shouldn't take it because honestly it got me through some many, many, many years. Um, but I think at this point it's for me at the age of 50, it's sun, better food, (laughs) not a a bag of ruffles. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and music has been helpful. So music is always helpful. It's yeah. Notice it until it's missing. And yes. then I put it in. it's like, what the fuck? Because I and again, I go back to my childhood where I was raised by musicians. Like it that was the default. We loved our TV. We loved our, you know, chum but the thing is is even on Sundays when the TV was on, it was the chum top thirty. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was it was music. It was music all the time. It was even if it was just blowing in the background. Um, and with Roger working from home right now, there's that balance that we have to strike where he's often on video calls and conference calls and higher stress items. So, and so having music playing in the house isn't an option because I have a fucking open concept house. Right. There's no, there's no, I mean, I'm, if I'm upstairs in my room, I'll have a music on or I'll have, um, a podcast on i'm loving the new Brene brown podcast she's so fucking straightforward i love it um because it's not a wishy-washy right i i'm not a big fan of wishy-washy i love structure and planning and stuff like that and consideration and she's full of that anyhow but um but yeah now that i can't have music on in the house regularly it's very very it's a different energy yes the house feels heavier without music in it yeah, that that's a good way to put it. It feels thick. Yeah, and music cuts through it, even if you're not partying to it or no. having a fucking dance party. No, just having it playing in the background, you're humming along a little bit maybe, or it's it's the white noise to your work, you know? It's the white noise that breaks through the underlying what-ifs that seem to be floating around constantly. 
Yep. So let's listen to music. That's going to be, and it's not even a fucking, I was going to say, let's make it our week challenge. Fuck that. Let's just put on music because we feel like putting on music. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I, it's why I like, I don't mind so much driving will to work because then I get in the car and I throw on my eighties mix or my nineties mix and just listen to music. So, and Allie's dancing up a jig here constantly. <laughs> well, that's entertaining. That is entertaining. Um, she just gave me side eye. Um, so what's our topic today? Um, switch. The big switch right now for doulas is switching over to, you know, virtually supporting their clients. So I had, I had a question when we first started this because I've been, I've still been watching um, like uh, the Facebook groups and stuff like that. And of course, most of them are American is in Ontario, so here's just a layout for those, if anybody's actually even still listening to this, our numbers are literally ridiculously <laughs> halved. Um, but is in Ontario, we are not legally allowed to work in hospital or even really even at home, we're not home births. According to the Essential Services Act, um, doulas are not legally allowed to work at this moment and that's postpartum too. In the United States there's lots of people posting you know is there a doula here that can work is there a doula here that can do this blah 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 um, what are you guys doing and nobody's talking about protective equipment nobody's they're all the boards almost seem to be the American ones seem to be a massive lack of COVID discussion. I have noticed that. I have noticed that. I do see a lot of discussion around, um, it seems like either you're working or no partners, no doulas, no nobody's allowed in. Like it yes. Seems to be those two places. It's not, there's no in between. No, yeah. Like we're, we don't have no partners. We just have one support person, one partner um, so far, which I totally, absolutely, utterly get. Um, I don't want to be there anyways. I don't want to be in hospital. I, I look after too many goddamn people to put myself at risk that way. And, and I just got comfortable going grocery shopping. <laughs> don't throw me into a hospital. <laughs> Grocery shopping place where there's six feet distance and there's arrows on the floor and yes. there's staggered amount of people allowed into the store at a time. Yep. But um, yeah, so the switch to virtual support, it, it's gaining traction a lot more here in Canada. Yeah. But uh, we also, I'm not sure how things impacted the states for SARS, but we kind of have that to build off of. We were limited 17 years ago. Um, and when, when all of this was it 17 or 15, something like it's that. It's gotta be 15 because I'm pretty sure I was pregnant with Allie when it was on. Yeah. And she's about to turn 16. And we did it over the phone at that point. Like we were doing a lot of, it just switched to phone support. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Like back then we didn't have the, I say we, I wasn't even a dual at that point, but, um, we didn't have smartphones and FaceTime and Skype and all that stuff. Nope. We did not. Um, 
We had yeah, we had telephones. At Ajax Pickering, we had for some reason back then the the birthing suites were lined up so that the windows were uh, flush with the ground outside. So. That's the way it is at Centenary now. Yeah, it's very weird. But um, but yeah, that's the way we did it. And now it, I love seeing how creative doulas have become with advertising the service too. We've got dial a doula, we've got virtual doula, we've got digital doula, we've got um. Oh, there, there was a couple other that I thought were just really clever mm -hmm. in ways that it communicated that we're still here for you and what that looks like. And I know for many doulas, one of the problems was that they're feeling like they're, it's not enough. But really it is. People will reach out for the support. People will reach out to get a question answered. Just knowing you're there. Isn't that the case in like in friendships even? If you know that person's there, you can generally get through anything. If you know you have the option to call and get what you need, you can get through anything. Um, and it, it makes all the difference that you do reach out and ask for that support. But I guess the biggest question that's come up in regards to switching to virtual support is a lot of people are saying, are you giving people a financial break because right. of that? Now, yes. are you Kim? I am. So the we've been doing digital a lot yeah. longer, like before this whole thing started. And that was mostly because I, as if anybody listens to the show, um, I couldn't physically go into hospitals anymore. Like I had gotten to a point where I just could not, for my own mental health, couldn't. Um, and plus my body's, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm not 30 anymore. I mean, I'm fucking 50 at this point. So that was, we had already had that going. And because of that, um, the price was just over half, but it included in-person visits at their home beforehand and in-person visits of support after so it wasn't it wasn't half it was just under uh, just over half right. um but i don't think i've changed the price since nothing since everything will be virtual now oh i just i just flicked the, i just flicked a little pinchy thing across the room um yeah i don't think i've changed the price now did i i don't know so if someone had signed up for in-person support for you, as my clients have, mm -hmm. my, I, I arrange my schedule and I arrange my budget and I arrange all of those things based on, um, I have to arrange my income, right? So if someone had signed on for me originally with virtual support, then I'm going to continue um, with virtual support. If someone signed up with me for a full service support um, and I had budgeted accordingly, then I'm not switching to virtual support, like the package at this point. I'm right. as that is what I budgeted for. And in our thing that we're not in our contract, we have that in the case of SARS, H1N1, pandemic, or any case where the resulting action is that I cannot attend you in person that's that's not at my fault then 
then the balance is still due. Right. However, um, I have made an amendment to my own, and what that, and that's just my own personal contract and agreements with families going into this right now because they are going in with additional stressors and such. Um, and this does only apply to me and not other members of Toronto Doula Group or anything. But where a client at the point of 37 weeks when we do our online birth planning, if at that point they decide they do not want to move forward and ask me to be on call for virtual support, then I'm going to let them out of the balance. I've done that. Yeah. So it's, but the, the agreement is that I am no longer on call for you. So this is being on call is a high level financial required lockdown. Yeah. So if you're releasing me from that, that means if you call me in your birth, if you call me and reach out to me during your labor, then the balance is owed. But I'm right. not going to call for it. I'm not going to put aside that mental, emotional energy where I am preparing, where I'm reviewing your notes, where I'm checking in with you. I'm not doing that. But if yeah. you decide during your birth for labor support, for feedback, for whatever, then the balance will be due. That's fair. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way I am currently running it. And I will do a virtual, again, in the case you want to move forward, I'll do a virtual postpartum support visit, um, looking at latch, looking at whatever questions have come up, postpartum care, just sometimes some decompressing after what you've been through. Yeah. Because it's got to be, I mean, it's got to be stressful. Um, especially with the way some of the hospital policies have changed and whatnot. And, and just that, just that having that person there to answer questions and whatnot. I had someone say that they were, they had taken one of my classes and were going to um, ask to do postpartum support. And would I be available for like a zoom meeting or something? But they were talking like an all day zoom meeting. Well, no, <laughs> if you, we can do an initial Zoom meeting each day in the morning just to set out, you know, how things are going, how did last night go, things like that. And if you have questions, you want to text me during the day, during daytime hours, you can have then a yeah, yeah. Then I, I'm okay with that. However... I'm not going to have my Zoom up. I'm not sitting on this hard wooden kitchen chair all fucking day, especially because part of this time you're going to need to go for a nap. So, no, I don't. More than once. <laughs> yeah. So, no. How about this? <laughs> How about one Zoom meeting and, you know, as many texts as you want during the day? <sighs> has led to some people who are not understanding the value of the virtual support, what that looks like right now. So I, I mentioned to you and Suzanne this morning that um, I had somebody connected connect with me through a friend, like a friend of a friend has a question. And I'm always like, yeah, sure, whatever, throw it my way. So I answered her question. And then she asked about me being on call for more questions. And I explained to her the digital doula package what that looks like, um, being available for on-call consultation. And 
she thought, oh my goodness, that's exactly what I need right now. Then I don't have to worry about whether you're coming to the hospital or not. It's just, this is what it is. I said, exactly, perfect. And, um, but then slowly she kept, this has been over the past month or so, she's asking more, asking more questions and stuff. And so I had to today say, I completely understand and I, I'm happy to answer these questions, but we are, we've tipped over into the digital doula support here. So if you're wanting to move forward, I'd love to, because we get on like, you know, a house on fire, but it, you need to, to put your deposit down <laughs> and you're doing a month. So we have to set up your prenatal meeting and, um, and let's do this. I haven't heard back from her since. So uh, it yeah. was, it's, you, there's either value for that consultation or there's not. And for as much as I think there, there's a place for community support, there's a place for pro bono work, there's a place for deciding how you can spend your emotional energy, 100%. Even right now, when you are at home as a doula, dying to get out there and, and do the work you know you're meant to do, got to alter your brain, know that this virtual support is absolutely still your emotional energy, and how to frame that with your clients. You made a good point, Kim. You are on call during the day. Yeah. So if you're going into labor, absolutely. You know, we're on, I'm still on call for you for virtual support. But at three o'clock in the morning, please do not call me because you're constipated. I'm happy to talk to you about taking a magnesium supplement at 7 a.m. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, nine. <laughs> if you're not in labor, I don't want to hear from you before nine. Those are my business hours. Those are your business hours. Absolutely. Um, but I wonder, so our digital doula support is prenatals, attendance at your birth, and a postnatal. Yes. Um, have you seen other options out there? Or is that pretty much lined up with what other people are doing? I think because this is more, I've seen this in the States. Um, and I had sort of modeled the whole thing around what I had seen in the States. I don't know what people are doing now. Um, and I think what I did was when I put it together, I put it together based on what I was comfortable doing. Right. Um, not everybody would necessarily be comfortable with some of the stuff. Um, but I did it based on what financially was comfortable for, comfortable for me to do and what I have seen as for 150 years, um, where I see the most benefit mm -hmm. because really over this course of time, like a lot of my clients get epidurals. And I think for those clients, getting digital is not a bad idea because once you get the epidural, what the fuck am I doing? Yes, I know you're emotionally there, blah, 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 all of this. And I get it. And I'm not saying that that isn't valuable by any means, but I found myself really sitting on hard chairs for 12 hours at a time thinking I could be home. Everybody's sleeping. I'm holding the space. 
And yes, there is value in that. But I also find that there are clients out there that they, and this is obviously not the case for everybody, but there's clients out there that trust their doctors. They trust the hospital setting. They are willing to take on whatever the doctor, the nurse, and whatever says. That's, that's where their mind is. And I think in that case, and then they're going to get an epidural. In that case, I think, yes, a digital package is a really good option because you've got the planning beforehand, how to ask the questions, what you're going to face, getting the what to expect. You get that early stuff so you don't go to the hospital too soon. No, it sounds like this is just early labor. No, that's just your mucus plug. Is this happening? Is that happening? Blah, blah, blah. And finding the right time to go. And then there's usually a break where, you know, they've gotten to the hospital, they're updating you, we just got the epidural, we're going to go for a sleep, and then you don't hear from them for many, many hours. And then you're like, yeah, this is what's happening, blah, blah, blah. And then you make the suggestions, try the peanut ball, try on this side, do things like that. I don't need to be there for that. And then the pushing starts. There's enough people to hold legs. I don't have to be the one holding the leg. Um, and really, at that point, the care providers are right in there. What am I doing? Quite literally. Yeah. Um, and, I, and again, I'm not saying this is for everybody. What I'm saying is, is that there are people that trust the system, and a digital package is a great option for them. And then you get the postpartum stuff of the breastfeeding questions and the is baby pooping and all of these questions. That is incredible value. The beforehand is incredible value in preparation. The few phone a friend, I think that's what Melissa Cowell suggests, your phone a friend <laughs> during contractions, and then the postpartum stuff. So when we started this digital package, when you had first suggested, I was like, eh, whatever. Um, I don't know, like it sounds great, but I don't know how it'll fly. But now that I meant can't go back into a hospital. You were so excited though. Once it kind of clicked for you, you were like, this is fucking perfect. Oh yeah. Because I've done two. So I did two before any of this even started and I, I loved it. When she said she was going into labor, there was a small brief second of panic that happens with every, I think I'm going into labor and you're like, shit. Okay. Who's going to make dinner? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? I got to call this person. I got to call, make sure that, you know, somebody's going to be here for the kids that they have their key and all this stuff. But then it was like, Oh, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and, and one of them, the one was on Halloween. Yep. And that's my holiday. That, that's fuck Christmas. This Halloween is my holiday. <laughs> and she went into labor was like oh, who's gonna give out candy ah, oh me i'm gonna give out the candy because i'm here yes you are and it's okay so i i really i have loved it because i have found over the years this is me getting to the whole point of all of that crap over the years i have found the most valuable i have felt has been 
in the beginning and at the end. And the middle stuff, because most of my clients get epidurals, I have felt I really didn't need to be there. I mean, yeah, that not every single time, obviously, but most of the time I have felt that it hasn't, what am I doing here? I, and because the way I doula, I think that's the other thing too. How do you doula? Is your style of doulaing conducive to digital? I doula by speaking a lot by giving information, by telling people this is normal, by showing them that they, by telling them that they can do it because they're already doing it. There are other doulas that don't, they have that, but they're more hands-on. They are more, you know, tactile in their doula-ing. And that's, that's one of the reasons why when people are like, um, you know, can, can I shadow you at a birth? It's like, I don't want you to because I don't, I may not doula the way you doula. Correct. And I need doula, I need younger doulas to find their own way of doulaing. What, what is their doula language, I guess? Like your love language, what is your doula language? Because we're all emitting the same message of you can do this, you're not alone, you, you're doing this, but how we communicate that looks very different person to person. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It would, and I guess it depends on the clientele as well for those who are not looking, I don't want to say not looking for an epidural, but whose intention was simply to move through labor without medication. That's kind of not on their, on their purview. Um, yeah. Like the way you labor, like you're kind of a solo labor. Like you yeah. want to do your thing. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with medication or not medication. No. I just want to fuck alone. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is, is what's really interesting is I like to have people in my vicinity. I just don't like to have people communicating with me, talking to me. I don't want to hear you chew. I, I <laughs> but knowing that love trusted people are in my vicinity like my it's like there's a safe people a group of safe people around me and so I can just do my thing so long as I'm in the midst of, of all of that but don't 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 come at me right. <laughs> you know well, and that's just it right so and that's and I mean that's why there's that whole thing you know a doula for every person and a person for every doula you know this is why you want to interview more than one because you want to know who is this doula and how are they going to work with me? And that's, and you know, there's certainly, I think, I think sometimes the idea of um, digital doula, I think almost works really well for those that maybe didn't think they needed a doula. So yeah. they, that's the same thing as having a, that the digital doula then becomes that safe option where you need to reach out and it's like, it's right there. It's yep. right when you need it. It's right there. It's not something you have to go looking for anything. As soon as you hit dial or you hit zoom or whatever platform it is as a doula, you choose to use, what is it? There's Microsoft teams. There's all sorts of things. I know zoom got a bad scrub lately. 
because of uh, some sort of breach they had. But oh, right. uh, yeah, so other people are using FaceTime, other people are using other secure servers, even FaceTime through Messenger. Um, you can do it encrypted. So there's lots of ways to connect now. The way I work too is, <laughs> especially in, in the beginning and, and throughout is, and, and especially afterwards is, I mean, I always have my phone on me. So when they've bucked up the courage or they have the need and necessity to text me, I'm answering them right away okay. because I know that feeling of like, oh my God, this is what's happening. You know, what do we do? And honest to God, text me, please don't Google that shit. Yep. <laughs> okay. You Google's free. Google's free. You want shitty information? Google's free. Go go that way. But if you want evidence-based information or you want somebody to say, yeah, you know what? I know how you're feeling. I know this is scary. I know this is what's happening. What is your gut saying? Sometimes it's just a matter of telling a new parent, look, you know what? Trust your gut. Yep. You feel this is happening. You need to do something about it. And me because something has been alerted inside of you. Yeah. And it's all, it's giving them that permission to say, yeah, trust your gut. Whereas everything is always telling, especially new moms, you're just overreacting. Nah, fuck that shit. If you think something's wrong, then you need to do something about it. Keep me posted. We call this person, do this person, here's this resource, here's this, here's that. Here is good evidence-based information. Here you are. Yeah. What do and you want to do? The trusted resource, again, when people come to work with us, they're not just working with us. They're working with the community you and I have and Suzanne have access to. Where do I go for um, excellent breastfeeding support, private breastfeeding support? Where do I go to talk to somebody a psychologist who will help me move through weaning, who will help me, de I've decided not to breastfeed, I need to talk to somebody about that physically, emo emotionally, mentally, um, what are the resources in the community for you, not just for your baby, everything is about the baby often afterwards, you know, when you go to your pediatrician, it's all about the things you need to do, but for the actual parent, what, what resources can we offer you? You know, and there's a lot out there. You just need to ask. Like, don't even get me started on waiting lists for the for the public free psychological programs. Like, it is fucking ridiculous. But I mean, whatever. If you have access and have the funding, and I, I'll I'll get you the list that you can wait on for the free stuff. But if you need to get into service right away and you have access to just a psychologist for maybe a one hour decom decompressing talk. We'll get we'll get you there. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and I think I mean I think that's I I will admit there there's a part of me that's like yeah this is going to be you know this pandemic is going to show that digital support is beneficial and that'll be great for me. <laughs> and then there's the other side of it that's like fuck now everybody's fucking doing it virtually. Damn it. I'm not unique anymore. So, and they'll do it better. And uh. <laughs> so that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of two brains in, in that particular respect, but I mean, 
I think when all is said and done, it's funny, we were on that meeting last night and one of the doulas was going on about how, I know we all want to get back out there and we all want to do to, don't be lumping me into all, okay, because that's not true. <laughs> I don't want to go back into a hospital. I want to go back into my hospital to teach. I miss, miss that. I miss standing up in front of, you know, 12, 8 to 12 couples and pushing forth information to them in a kind, unscary, funny, open way. And I don't have that. That is what I'm missing. Yeah. That is killing me. And that is the creative in you. Like, that's how you... Like, it, it's it's your art. It's your expression. It's yeah. teaching. It's art. It is an expression. So that's been cut off. Yeah, what and it's funny. Even when even when I feel like totally pissed off and shitty, when I get into that classroom and I stand up and I take that first breath and I say the first words of my speech because it is it's a script now in my head it just flows and it just takes me out of where I was and puts me into a place of familiarity and a place of feeling like I'm useful yeah. and I, I'm benefiting. And I, at this point, if I never, if I never get back into a birth room again, I'm okay with that. I'm, I I know I've been flipping back and forth about this for a while now, but I'm at a point now where if I can figure out how to pay my bills without actually getting back into a hospital, and I thank the Ontario and Canadian government to no end for that Canadian emergency response benefit, I has helped so much but I need to figure out when this is all said and done, I need to figure out how to do that, get that same income in. I'm okay. If I never go back and do, I'm okay. If I never doula again, physically, physically, but would you, you know, you mentioned shit, all these other people are doing the virtual type doula support, but no one just like in-person doula support, no one will do it like you. Like people hire well, yeah. you, people would hire me because they want to work with me. Like you have a different connection. It's like, it's like meeting anybody and, and deciding to be their friend. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I could tolerate you, you know, I, I spend my life. You yeah. don't piss me off. We can you be friends. We can do this. We can do this. No one will ever do what you do in the world like you. And that, you know, that was probably one of the biggest take homes from my very first doula training was it doesn't matter if someone hires someone instead of you because someone has hired you because of you. Like it's, yeah. you're, you're making a connection with somebody or not. You might just be the first person they interviewed and they said, fuck it, let's do it. Whatever the reason you're working with them. So other people will do it different. They'll do digital different. They'll do virtual different. They'll do everything, whichever, with whatever they have, their art, their expression. Um, but no one will ever do it like you or like me. Yeah. You know? fucking awesome so well and i mean let's let's be real i've i've already done this before this all happened so i know what i'm doing 
So yeah. hire me. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think the thing that's, we haven't talked about postpartum. That's, I haven't done this yet. So I have that she's due. So I have a client who's hired me for the digital aspect um, for, because they hired me for the birth and postpartum, that package that we have that's birth and postpartum. Um, but I, they, I cut it up into multiple payments. So the first payment, it will cover a digital doula because it, they're coming, it's May 5th, I think is their due date. So we still won't be allowed to work. And again, I'm not comfortable going into a hospital at this point, even in May. Um, but now I have to talk to them because when we first started to work together, um, I had beliefs that, you know, we would have no problem doing postpartum support, but that isn't the case anymore. And because we now can't legally work, um, I can't take that risk. So um, I haven't told them that yet. <laughs> Oops. Pretty sure they don't listen to the podcast, um, but I will this week. We have a virtual meeting this week, um, but I'll have to tell them that. And I don't know how the postpartum side is going to work uh -huh. because they had hired me specifically because her mom couldn't come because they're from the Netherlands and there's no travel. Right. So I'll, I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how to postpartum doula somebody virtually. Well, I know that like, when we look at colleges or certifying bodies and things like that. This is, this is, so someone called me about this the other day too. And um, she was looking for postpartum support. And I said, well, I can't supply that in person right now. I can virtually. And she had said, well, and she's new here as well. And she had said, well, my understanding is for, because when she landed, she was having some, a lot of sciatica that was really bad. And her chiropractor was allowed to attend her. She goes, when things are acute, when there's a specific problem, they were allowed to attend me in person with proper preventative measures. I said, that's true. She goes, is that the same for um, breastfeeding support? And I said, well, for a lactation consultant, yes, it is. I'm not sure about, again, for doulas. Because we're not, just like lactation consultants are not on the list of care providers, but they are in line with things like chiropractors and stuff like that. So, again, there's, there's, it's a big fat gray area. In an acute case where in-person care is kind of required, what does that look like? But then are we the person to attend somebody who's in an acute case? If someone's nipples are bleeding, should we send an LC? Um, you know, yeah, I mean, a doula wouldn't. I mean, maybe a doula would. But yeah, and, and then there's the whole idea of personal protective equipment. I don't have any of that stuff. And I have to protect myself as well as protecting them. Yeah. Oh, oh so many things to consider. Holy shit. Yeah, well, that, that's just it. And I mean, I know there's a lot of doulas that are... Um, quite upset and concerned about, you know, doulas taking personal protective equipment away from frontline workers. And I, I absolutely, I, I, I feel the same way. Um, 
which is the other, like, I wouldn't know where to fucking get any, to be quite honest. I've got gloves I stole back in February (laughs) from, from the hospital that I've been washing. Um, But I certainly don't have a mask. I don't have a face shield. I don't have, you know, gowns or anything like that. I wouldn't feel I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable going into a situation without that stuff to protect myself and the family. So even if at this point, yes, I, I, ha- I can fall back on the idea that I, I can't legally even do this. Um, even if there was an acute case or there was, you know, an at-risk um, birthing parent or birth parent, I don't have the wherewithal to take that on. Yeah. I don't have the supplies to do it. And maybe there are, you know, um, uh, what do you say? Nonprofits and whatnot that can send those doulas in that, that can do that. But then that becomes the question of, well, who is at risk? And that was one of the questions that was asked last night at that meeting, you know, we could all say our families are at risk. And, and the one person was like, well, we'd all say blah, blah, blah. Again, don't use that giant word all because I'm not in that. I'm not going to say, yes, this couple is this, you know, upwardly mobile, you know, white two person family, you know, living in Forest Hill is an at risk family. Yeah, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, there's a lot of lumping, and the fact is, is so much of our work has always been a gray area. Yes, it is, and really, honestly, it is between you and your client. There's things you'll know about your client that other people don't. You know, yeah. You don't, and you don't. Here's part of part of it too. Who do you have to qualify that with? The hospital. Yes. The company, like it. There's so much gray area, I'm, and I don't know that I 100% want to um, want to have that have to be reported to anybody. I don't know, but that's you know that's going off into a whole other tangent. But the fact is, is right now what we do have is the skills to offer virtual support. We yes. have secure platforms to offer uh, virtual support. If um, and part of and that then becomes part of your prenatal in your preparation with your with your parents. Please do talk to them about like do a dry run on the on the virtual what would work in the hospital, um, and make sure that if you are going into particular hospitals, some hospitals you have to buy your internet still. Let's make sure we have that set up. You know your Wi-Fi at some hospitals does still have to be purchased. Um, and it's not perfect. Not all rooms are perfect either. Some rooms have really great reception. Other rooms have poor reception. Yes. So there might be where you are talking on the phone instead of using video. How will you approach that with your clients? There's, there's a lot of questions to be answered. And you, as a doula, need to sit down and say, if I get cut off, and what, what am I willing to offer? What am I willing to compromise on? If, not, if you're willing to compromise on nothing, that's absolutely fine. If you have it in your contract that nothing changes for you and you'll do your best with what you have, that is fine. You don't need to compromise your prices. You still need an income um, and you are still valued. What you can offer is still valued. You know? 
Yeah. Well, that's just it. It's, I never even thought about, you know, the sketchy Wi-Fi and things like that. Though admittedly, the, the couple of digital doula supports I've done before this whole thing started, because let's be real, Wi-Fi has gotten super sketchy now that fucking everybody's on it. Yeah. Um, but at the time, I never did. When they were in hospital, I never did actual video. Oh, really? It was no, all- it was all it was all text. Oh, get out of town. Yeah. But that, that they needed text, and that's okay. Yeah, they and and really a lot of it, especially as I say, once the epidural went in, um, then it, they were sleeping, and that and it was mostly just updates, right? And I would still and and I still, you know, I had my phone. Uh, up loud for the texts and things like that while I dozed. I certainly didn't sleep very much um, because let's be real, this shit all happens in the middle of the night. Um, But I still slept a little bit um, and I didn't stray from my house during that time either. But yeah, everything was text. But and, and, And it may be that that is just who they were. Mm-hmm. I just That's haven't it. gotten a client who is, you know, a visual person. And that's a big deal too, right? You, again, know your client, client, know thyself, you know, talk to your clients about that prenatally. Um, yeah. It's going to look like for you and make sure they know that it, you are absolutely welcome to do any combination yes. of text, video support or phone support, any, any combination. Make sure that they go in feeling like they have all the things they need to communicate with you efficiently. And try to remember, too, that, you know, a lot of times you may, well, I say a lot of times, again, that's a very, that's, that may not be the case, but there's going to be times when it's not the birthing parent that you're actually speaking to, that yeah. you're actually talking to the partner, and it's the partner that needs the support. Quite often. They want to uh-huh. know what. Yeah, they want to know what what's what and, and how to help and how to support. And we have to remember too that we can't we can't ignore the partner's needs as well. Because we need to make sure that we're still asking those questions. Hey partner, have you eaten? <laughs> hey partner, have you had something to drink? Hey partner, have you had a rest? Have you gone to the bathroom? Right? Have you to the bathroom. That's a, you're allowed. You, you are, are allowed. allowed. When the nurse comes in, <laughs> go to the bathroom. And it's absolutely okay. Um, so much of that too. So before we ever had this, I mean, post SARS, but after, before all of this, the very reason, um, you know, I brought Digital Doula up to you partially was because of, we wanted to look at what we were offering and we were changing up our what our offerings were and stuff. We wanted to attend people in a different way. And there are families who just, are private they want it to be between the two of them but they want access to a third-party support yes and often it's because they want the connection to be just the two of them so how can we best build that and by having a partner who is relaxed and feeling confident in going and supporting their client is the key to that you know if the partner feels like they have to back away or become uninvolved then there there's not going to there's going to be the exact opposite of connection during that birth there's going to be resentment so we don't want to foster that. We want to foster a strong sense of confidence in that partner. And that's why the prenatals are so important. 
Yes, very much so. Very but much. The prenatals almost need to be even more than what they were before because the prenatals before was how are we all going to work together and now the prenatal is how are we going to work where it's just the two of you there and i'm here for phone a friend so yeah. partner where do you where is your comfort level line like how are you going to be able to rub the back and do this and do the double hip squeeze and you know how do you teach all that you know over mm-hmm. over Zoom or over FaceTime. That is a great list to put together too. When you're when you're doing your prenatals, what are the subtle things that you get to do in person that would be harder online? Yeah, and, and get your your clients to you know really engage and practice those things leading up. I mean, we're all home. <laughs> well, that's give, just work just like a workout schedule. Give them a practice your touch schedule. Yeah. And, and, and really that's, that's it, right? Practicing ahead is like, Oh, I don't need to do, I don't need to practice that. We'll just know what to do when we get there. Well, you can't join Weight Watchers and suddenly you start losing weight. You actually have to work the program. So you are going to have to actually practice this stuff ahead of time so that when you do get into it, you're not floundering and she hates you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's bad. When birthing person is just uh, not wanting to be touched by you because you're driving her, her day nuts. Yeah. You could do better, and we want we want all those partners going in to feel really confident in their ability to communicate with staff, communicate needs, listen to your partner, and uh, understand what it is that partner is looking for. And that's just it. The empowerment side of things becomes way more. Like before, I used to only do really like one prenatal visit, but now digitally, it almost feels like two has to be important because we need to talk about what to expect, but we also need to talk about, um, you know, what it's all going to look like and where everybody's comfort level is. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And then, and then the postpartum side of things is going to be, you know, Again, it's going to be two, maybe three, because the first one alone is going to be, okay, I never heard anything beyond, uh, you know, once you were going to start pushing, I never heard anything from you. So now that we're not on text anymore, tell me what happened. Tell me how you felt. Tell me, you know, what happened. And sometimes I would say even at that, the two of them together having that conversation is actually quite cool because they haven't seen it the same way. Absolutely. So often, I think, uh, especially we have a partner who maybe didn't see a trauma, but the birthing person was having a trauma. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Um, Yeah, you get partners who don't want to ever have children again because that was crazy shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is it supposed to look like that oh um, my god <laughs> someone do something that might just be part of a, a normal part of care but was traumatic to the partner to see somebody else intimately touching your partner um that can really really throw somebody off to when if they don't understand that this what an exam looks like or even if something does get a little stressful and they're flipping your partner side to side to get a heartbeat understanding that that is it's not because there's no heartbeat you know it's it's because your baby rolled or might be on their cord and this is this is the best thing they can do to to change that yeah um, 
you know, without having to go surgically. You know, they're really just looking for an, an answer. Um, I mean, and when we're there, we can, we can show them that, but with our calm demeanor, we can explain what happened afterwards. But because we're not there, we now need to, this is why we need to know what the birth was like, even though we were present digitally and got, you know, maybe half the story. We need to know what the value of that story is for them. So where, what is the emotional um the words they're using, things like that. You almost have to become like an, an empathetic, an empathic detective now to see how they're doing. Yeah, an empathic detective. Yeah, kind of digging out the little corners, little dark corners that might not be coming to light unless you ask specifically about it. Yeah, and then if you've noticed something, the next time, so how are you doing with that? How have you thought more about that? Have you considered, you know, seeing somebody or talking to somebody or whatever? Have you journaled about that? Have you done anything like that? Do you have any more questions about that? Yeah. Because sometimes it's just a matter of saying, yeah, you know what? That happens a lot. This is why that happened. This is the, this is the science behind it. This is the medicine behind it. And, and we're not medical per se, but we can explain it to them in a, in a layman's way that they can start to wrap their head around, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. It felt huge at the time, but oh, right, that was actually normal. And I think sometimes just knowing that something is normal and that it isn't the crazy shit that, you know, because we all have anything that happens to us in hospital because of all the shows that we watch we have this preconceived notion in our head that everything is bad. Yeah. When in reality it was just, yeah, as you say, your baby flipped to the other side and, you know, we now have to try to find them again. Things like that. Yeah. But it, it was in fact, excellent care. Yeah. Looks kind of crazy and it happened really quickly. You just received some excellent care and they found what they needed. And I'm so glad that it worked out that way. But yeah. acknowledging at the same time that, yeah, that looks wild and crazy <laughs> at, at the moment. Exactly. And, and, and telling that story and getting that perspective from someone who is, because you can't ask the nurses and the doctors afterwards. Like you can't say like, what the hell happened? Because they're sort of in and out quickly and whatnot. And they're not, they're not sitting there with you that, you know, and they're just going to give you the answer of, yeah, no, no, everything's fine. But, but not the in your thing. head, do you believe them? Often afterwards, you will. So that's why the decompression and the postpartum talk comes in very, very handy. So making sure that as a doula, you're following up with your clients too. Yeah. In that part of, like, it, make sure it's part of your postpartum visit to, to talk about those things. Yeah. And then ask them, you know, give them the information about breastfeeding. Give them what to expect in the next couple of days as far as breastfeeding goes. Um, you know, because you may see them, you may speak to them, you know, just immediately after the birth or the very next day, things like that, while they're maybe even still in hospital. But then what to expect when they get home, because now they're being sent home and it's like, shit, now what do we do? Right. Yeah. Now what that's the best question ever, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Now what do we do? But yeah, you're doula. That's what you do. That's right. Because what I've done in the past, and I think you do this too, is, you know, on that third day or whatever, 
that's when you actually go to your physical visit because that's when you know the milk is coming in or things are it's about to come in and you know bad things are starting to happen where the baby's feeding more often and cluster feeding and all that stuff but now that all has to happen virtually and it's like okay well let me see the baby and let me see you know can you angle the phone differently so i can see you know things like that yeah no there's a swallow you know i've done that um you know or they videotaped and you know, baby's doing this. It's like, okay, hold on. And I, I think there's been the odd time where I've texted you guys going, I don't know what the hell's happening here. <laughs> or you get the picture of the poop. It's like, yeah, those little dots in it. Ah, the seeds, the mustard yeah. seeds. Yeah. Don't it's worry. All, oh, it's all good. <laughs> That's the color it's supposed to be. <laughs> but I think, but I think for now, and my phone's going to die. Okay. My closet. <laughs> you're gonna have to get up and move <laughs> anyways we what have we been at we're at like just over an hour so so that's probably a good place to stop anyway so yeah everybody let us know how you're managing virtual support um we can read your stories online if you on on the podcast if you'd like um and hopefully Suzanne will be back next week and we will all have a decent topic too that isn't 100% COVID because um, quite frankly, I'm so sick of COVID right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Let hey. us know. Thepragmaticdoulas at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Instagram. You can hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter. Just don't come to my house. Six yeah, don't come to my house. Stay six <laughs> feet back. However, if you would like to drop off donuts, chocolate, you know, in a nice plastic bag on the fr- on the front porch, we're good with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that too. My Purdy's order should be coming soon. <laughs> I fucking ordered a hundred dollars worth of chocolate. So I wait, Georgia Brown. Here we go. They're they're white chocolate macadamia ones. So good. Oh my gosh, I Fuck. love those me they are like my mouth is salivating thinking about them (laughs) and that is your mental health corner there you go all right have a good one bye everybody bye